This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Today, our guest will be Cassandra Connolly, a JPS art teacher at Sywell Middle School, and Richard McKee, a prolific local artist and art gallery owner of Fondren Art Gallery in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, we'll also chat about the latest headlines in the weekend roundup right after the break and get your feedback to our question of the day. What are some of the most beautiful sights you've seen around Mississippi? Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. And our guests today are Cassandra Connolly, a JPS art teacher with Sidewell Middle School, and Richard McKee, a local artist and owner of the Fondren Art Gallery in Jackson. Hey, we're going to be talking a little bit about all the love of art and how it has changed their lives. And plus, the book club feature of the week and the weekly challenge will be coming up as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. Now, it was like the tale of two cities this weekend. I went out for a little run on Saturday. I thought, oh, this is going to be nice. I got up early. It was like all gray, and it was like running through warm syrup. I mean, the humidity was so thick, and I was like, I could feel gills starting to pop up on my neck so I could breathe. I got to five miles, which, okay, five miles is a long time, I guess, and I looked like somebody turned a fire hose on me. I was just drowned, and I was tired, so I went and took a shower, and I slept until noon, you know, because I was tired. I was like, okay, yesterday... I get up early, you know, a little before church run. I thought that'd be great because I'd say, I'll go out and run two or three miles, you know, just loosen my legs up. I ended up running 10. It felt so good. And any time that you can get through a day in Mississippi in the summertime without humidity, oh, you just hit your knees and thank the good Lord. It's, it's like, a oh. blessing. It's a blessing. Oh, it was just incredible. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I mean, it, you don't brag on the weather around here because you know it's going to change in about three seconds which i heard the weather person just a second ago the meteorologist in charge there she was saying that was going to come back so enjoy it while you can enjoy it while you can michelle you had a good weekend i trust i had a great weekend a relaxful weekend it was the tax-free weekend for the back to school you know getting ready for back to school shopping so i didn't go out in that no that's the thing okay well and ronnie agnew of course who's the grand poobah here at mpb and i were talking about that Seven percent, right? Yes. You're not going to get so. Say you spend a hundred dollars, right? Seven dollars. Right. You couldn't pay me seven dollars to get out in those crowds. Exactly. No. I say no. That helps if you have more than two kids. That helps because if you're buying in volume and you're buying a lot, you have to buy five uniforms for each child. So if they're in the uniform, you know, school, yeah, so right. it helps if you're buying volume. But if like me, I have one child. I'm See, not I wish they did that with groceries because <laughs> I'm always buying with three kids. I'm buying volume and groceries all lots, the time. And you have boys, so they eat a lot. Locusts with thyroid problems. <laughs> they eat big time. Uh, huge, but. Did you go out and take advantage of 
sales? Actually, no. Uh, that's what? what I was saying. Okay, no. yeah, so you're bragging on it, but I you didn't do bragging. it. Well, I'm actually, we're going this mm-hmm. weekend. I like to go off. I like to go when no one's there, and she can get and pick out what she wants, and we can just relax and take our time. Is there anything else you didn't do this weekend? I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't stress. I actually uh, relaxed and cooked a nice meal. Did, yeah. you, did you guys cook yesterday? We, you know what, Friday night, we uh, we were down one kid so we could afford to get steaks. <laughs> so we got steaks and I cooked on the grill and nobody got sick, I think which I is always that. a good sign. I saw that on your uh, Instagram. Exactly. I wanted the whole world to know that I had, you know, Steak. meat. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't happen often and it was big. This was the first weekend I think I wasn't on the road because, you know, I've been, right, right. I'm in the business of cleaning out my parents' house at this point. Right. Very tough. Situation. Oh, gosh. My parents, um, by the way, your legacy is not what you can sell at an estate sale for 50 cents on a dollar. Okay, I can just tell you that right now. But um, so it's been tough. But no, this weekend I was home. So uh, my oldest son wanted to go see the War on the Planet of the Apes. How was it? It was fantastic. Don't give it away, but... Um, Well, if you've ever seen anything with the Planet of the Apes, you're going to kind of know what's going to happen. Well, I watched all of them. But this one seems a little more, I mean, It's kind of Apocalypse Now meets Exodus. I can can sum it up that way. And Andy Zirkus, who plays Caesar, the, the... should win an Oscar. Fantastic performance. And, you know, motion control, I right. mean, our caption, or, you know, when they do the technology, right. you know, everybody thinks Jar Jar Banks when they think of that. But he really was wonderful in it. It was really good. So part of the deal was, okay, I'll go see this movie with him if he'll go see Dunkirk with me. And did he go? He did. Holy cow. And he loved it, that too. Was Dunkirk was it? amazing. <laughs> Just incredible. Yeah, Christopher Dolan, you know, did the Batman movies and Inception and always kind of known for taking timelines and twisting them a little bit. And you kind of like sit there and watch it and go, uh, okay. Right. You have to watch it twice. Like Inception, I had to watch that more than one time. Right. And certain movies. I watched it backwards and it made more (laughs) sense the first time. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) I did just rewind on slow and it was great. (laughs) This movie is amazing. Number one, because, you know, so much, there's so much CGI in movies now where you just don't believe anything that you see now. This, everything was practical effects. So they actually got 50 period boats and sent them across the channel. Wow. And 14 of the boats were actually in the, because Dunkirk, if anybody doesn't know what happened with Dunkirk, the German army pushed the French and the English at the beginning of World War II in 1940 up against the coast and were about to obliterate them. They couldn't get the boats in, the big ships in to rescue them because it was too shallow. So the English called their little private navy, like everybody with a pleasure boat out on the reservoir, for instance, or on the (laughs) Gulf Coast. They went and go, went and picked up the, the soldiers, which is an incredible miracle because they'd hoped to pick up 30,000 of the 400,000 men, and they end up picking up about 300,000. Okay. So it, they talk about the Dunkirk spirit, the British do at this point still, and it's when you get your back up against the wall and right. you're able to, to muscle your way through it. Right. But what's so amazing about the movie, there were three timelines in the movie. One was over a week. That was the people on the ground. The people on the sea, that was one day. And the people in the air, that was two hours or about an hour. And all the timelines weave together at the very end. So you'd be sitting there watching the, the, this right here, and all suddenly you saw that. and you, So it was fantastic with that. There's probably like 100 words in the whole movie. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was just, and the soundtrack had a ticking sound in it. So your your stress kept going up and up and up. up. Fantastic movie. So. Oh, that's good. Sounds interesting. I have to put that on my list to go see. Uh, and, I, uh, I think so. And for all the ladies, uh, Girls Trip is still uh, making headlines. Yes, number two movie. Of the, of it the, yeah. is. And I have to be honest, I have not seen it yet. I know. Because one other thing you didn't do. <laughs> well, I saw a thing this morning that said, did Emoji Movie beat 
Dunkirk? Oh. I said, for the sake of civilizations, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I... I saw that, and my daughter, like I said, she's four, going on 14. It looks kind of quirky, but it looks kind of fun. And speaking of fun, we have a lot of artists here today. Let's ask them what they'd like to see the Emoji movie. I'm sure they probably could draw in it, and you could, too. Speaking of that, uh, did you do you think of any emojis that you that are not out there that you could draw? Have you thought of well, any? Well, I could draw any emoji if I wanted to, or I guess. Any new No, no. Have I mean, I know they a, could. They're better artists than I am, so. <laughs> Have you thought of a, an emoji that you wanted to um, create that has not been created yet? I do one of you, Michelle. <laughs> I do an emoji of you. Exactly. Of I you was, not doing something <laughs> over the weekend. Okay, a little chocolate emoji just sitting on the couch not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, just kind of just vegging over the weekend <laughs> on that sort of thing. That'd be cool. It so, would be. It would be. So, I don't know. I mean, I. <sighs> that's, that's a tough one. Because every time I ever want to use one, I can't find it. So <laughs> really, you know, I know I'm terrible. No, how about I have to scroll through the it, like to the to the end, to the end, and that bothers me because what I found out, I am an iPhone um, person, but my daughter knows more about the iPhones than me. And I'm looking, where's the emoji? She said the ones you use more often there in the front. So the yeah. one, yeah, and I, I didn't know that. I, didn't, I I felt stupid. I'm like, oh, okay. So well, that's why we had children <laughs> to make us feel stupid. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly how on that. They love so. to do that. Yeah, it's good. Hey, look. Um, also, too, it's my 24th wedding anniversary today. Yes. Happy anniversary! Well, thank you. Congratulations. Well, shout out to my wife who's put up with me for that long. So <laughs> I have not ended up in dumpsters around town. So obviously, I've not made her mad. So you know, I have to ask you this question. I ask mm-hmm. everybody who's been married over 10 years. This yes. Of course, the age-old question, but what have you learned in the last 24 years with being you know, married to her? How to listen <laughs> and how not to be a jerk. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, um, patience. Well, she learned patience with me. So on that, but no, it's fantastic. I, and I kind of put a little little thing together here. I would like to share. I said, you know, marriage is like a book. Some end happily, others only if, end only a few pages end. Its contents are written by two people who change throughout the story. Boy, and that's the truth too. Sometimes they end up on the same page. Other times, well, that's when the stuff gets divided and tears flow. People from the outside try to tell the story for the writers, but honestly, there are only two people who can tell that story. The setting sometimes changes over time. The plot's linear and ever changing. It's illustrated with joy tears, laughter, and occasional anger. I guess this because Amy and I are now 24 chapters into our book, and there have been great moments and not-so-great moments. Uh, we've tested for better or worse several times, and I know that there have been days when she has been incredibly sick of me. Uh, there have been days also when I've been smart enough to keep my mouth shut, and other days when my mouth has been my own worst enemy. Uh, we started with, as the two main characters in our story. Now we are supporting cast to three new characters, and they currently are the stars of our story. And I'll never review another person's story critically, and I know how hard it is to write, yet I will tell everyone who'll listen that I've been lucky. I picked a great co-author. She, thankfully, has agreed to continue writing the remaining chapters with me. So how will it end? (laughs) I don't know. But I do know that I hope that the last chapters end with these six words, and they lived happily ever after. That is beautiful. Marriage is hard. That is beautiful. And, you know, hope she's listening. Nah, she's not listening. Or you frame that. It's me, man. She's listening to me enough. (laughs) Or you frame that and put that in her room. That's what you need to do. Put it in the room. That would be gorgeous. She would love that. No, she won't. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. It's so funny because somebody said, um, I mean, she's my biggest fan. Trust me. I mean, she she met me when I was a janitor. That's yeah, I was janitor after college. That was my first job. So. so you guys have grown together, and she's seen you progress, and she's seen you succeed. That's a that's that creates to me a bond that you can never break. 
Well, it can be broken. Yeah, but it's not going to be. I hope anyway, because we. And I said, you know, I, I sat down and wrote in the card. I just and I'm, I'm not going to give away too much because it's personal. But I wrote down just some of the highlights of, of the last twenty four years. It's been amazing. It really has. That's but it's hard. You know that. I mean, marriage is tough. Marriage is tough. Relationships are tough. But you know what? It's everything that you make it. It's work. When you put in, when you put in something, it gets you. Come, yeah, you, you get, get what you give. Right, you really you do. And I mean, I have to admit, I think we're both lucky that we kind of have grown in the same direction. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it, it's very honest, and people go and right. go different directions. But honesty, another thing is honesty. If you have to be honest with yourself, if you want to stay in the relationship, if you want to keep it going, then you'll work for it. But That's why I don't, don't lie to you anymore, Michelle. <laughs> I mean, we got this. We got this new relationship going, and I obviously don't want to. Um, Ruin it. <laughs> I start lying or teasing you about not doing anything over the weekend. Exactly, exactly. Whenever. And I, I have a tough skin, so I'll be able to take it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, I tell you what, why don't we take a break yes. and bring in our guests? Because we have yes. an incredibly talented guest just sitting here looking at us like, work. when do we get to talk? So we, that's what we do here on the show is let them talk. And we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to welcome our guests, Cassandra Connolly and Richard McKee, as we discuss their love of art and more. Ah, time to let us know what you're reading this week as well. Get, let us know. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great day. Nice weather. Ah, it's just going to be great. And it's hard to believe in this summer. A lot of schools are already starting. I was looking over back where I'm from in Atlanta. Uh, they're already started today. That's just wrong. That's, I mean, it's July. That's not. A, that should not be. It should be against the law. We're going to have Cassandra Connolly and Richard McKee on just a second. But we got Sue, who would like to talk about a movie that she saw that I saw as well. Sue, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, and congratulations on your marriage. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I, I luckily. Um, was, couldn't get I, along with you, though. I know. I'm a real pain in the neck. <laughs> no, you're so sweet. Oh, thanks. I wanted to mention, did you mention Andy Serkis? Yeah, I did. Wasn't he amazing? He is my favorite actor. I, I, I haven't seen or heard anything from him for years. I didn't know if he was still, you know, acting or whatnot. But years ago, he starred in a movie on HBO called Langf- Longford, or Langford mm-hmm. about this English aristocrat, aristocrat uh, Mr. Lord Langford, and he got involved with, I don't know if you are old enough to remember, the Moors murders. Oh, yeah. Where this couple, they would kill those children and bury them out on the English Moors. And he went to prison, and he got involved with, uh, associated with this Myra Henley, the woman, and she led him to her boyfriend, who was in prison also. And uh, it was played by Andy Serkis, and he was so great in that movie. 
uh, he's, he's been my favorite actor ever since, but I haven't heard of him. Yeah, he does a lot of motion capture stuff. So he was Gollum in the in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, really? Yeah, he was Gollum in that, and he's in the new Star Wars movie, too. He's playing the bad guy in it. He so, good. So, I'm glad. Yeah, great. anybody who can put up diodes and act is, is a, you know, they put all this these wires on him and everything, and it's um, his performance in the in the new Planet of the Apes movie is fantastic. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks, Sue. Appreciate the call as well. All right, without further ado... Oh, I'll just bring Cassandra on. Cassandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, man. You, how many more days until you got to get back into teaching? Uh, the students arrive on the 8th. The 8th, mm-hmm. which means you've got to go in and get your room ready and all that good stuff. Which on means the 4th, you, yeah. So you'll have about three minutes to get your room ready, and you'll be sitting in meetings the rest of the time. Pretty much. That's how it works. Absolutely. I know. Let the teachers teach. Uh-huh. Or at least get the room ready. Yeah, but we need the meetings, too, to get on the same page and be that, organized. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. How many years have you been teaching now? Um, I've been teaching here in Jackson for two years, but prior to that, I was teaching uh, at an international school in Beijing for five years as the wow. head of the art department. Wow. What what brought you home? Um, I spent a decade based in Beijing, um, spearheading a company that specialized in Chinese contemporary art, yeah. as well as teaching for five years, and I decided it was time to educate the children in America. See, my microphone is green. Uh, you may not be able to see that on the radio right now, but uh, that's from Envy. How cool <laughs> is that to be in the middle of China, surrounded by that much treasure? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it was a wonderful experience and also just using creativity and education to impact the lives of the local community. It was really important. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of people there and lots of pollution too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I think there was more pollution than people. I know. I I remember that during the Olympics, you know, they made all the cars stop and then poof, you couldn't see three feet in front of you. Uh, Yeah, during the Olympics, it was quite beautiful. We had two weeks of blue skies. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Okay. Um, I, I know basically just from when my mother told me when they figured out that I had a little bit of talent for art. When did you discover that you had talent for art? Because I think talent's part of the equation, but it's always interesting to hear when people found out. Um, I was very fortunate to be raised by two very creative uh, parents, and they guided me and really opened my eyes to creativity as an outlet to express yeah. myself. Um, I'm originally from New York City, so I also had lots of opportunities to get involved and be a part of what was happening in the city um, creatively, and I feel like that was really just the stepping point um, from the beginning where I was able to enter a museum or a gallery. Right. Right. I mean, that is that's a cool thing about New York. It mm-hmm. really is. It's like oh, we took our boys up there and we're just they were like, wow, this is incredible. But your parents, you know, like you said, they gave you the opportunity and the encouragement too. that's such a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. They didn't really want to make me feel pressure on just focusing on academics. They mm-hmm. wanted me to also be able to massage other things that really I was passionate about right. and ways that I could express myself. Just more strongly, um, mm-hmm. I felt like a creative outlet really provided me with an opportunity to hear my voice and develop my skills and strengths. Isn't that passion such a big part of it? Because I know a lot of talented people that don't do anything with it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and it's important. That's why teaching here in Jackson has been really influential for my scholars as well as for myself because I feel that not only am I educating them, but the best part about being a teacher is being able to learn as well. Right. How did you choose Mississippi? Um, I joined Teach for America when I returned mm-hmm. um, from China in 2014. Um, and then I was placed, I chose Mississippi as one of my options because okay. I know there was a high need for art educators. Um, and I think it's uh, a state that really 
encourages young people to focus on academics. And I feel like having an art element as an elective has really helped engage them to believe in themselves. My whole mission is creativity, builds confidence. So I believe that if they can challenge themselves with drawing, then they'll be able to go to the job interview and feel as successful as they did when they um, sort of overcame struggles when it came to being creative. Isn't it amazing how so many kids and and adults say, I can't do that? And Yeah, it's just amazing. It's like this wall. Absolutely. Yeah, we try to avoid using that type of language in the classroom because if you can't do it, then, you know, why are we trying? Right. You know, there's so many challenges, not only in the arts, but in society. So I feel like building that strength within my scholars, it allows them to be successful um, role models and influential within their communities as well as outside. One of the things, and, and of course, you know, I moved here 20 years ago, so I guess I'm still a newcomer. But um, one of the things that I love about living here is the the huge population of artists and the talent of the artists that are here. I'm always hoping the talent, like having y'all in the room with me today, I'm kind of wishing your talent would rub off on me, for instance. But it, that's really kind of a neat thing is to be able to have that kind of community, isn't it? For sure, yeah. I mean, I'm also working at the Mississippi Museum of Art, so mm-hmm. being surrounded by uh, the Mississippi story where they celebrate local artists has yeah. been really impactful for me because I'm able to then incorporate that art within my educating so that my students can realize that there are local artists who are doing wonderful things here and showing in a prestigious um, home and an environment. And they're able to eat. Absolutely. And that's the other thing, for sure. Yeah, they're able to sustain their livelihood. I think my dad's still shocked by that. (laughs) It's like, I'm ready for you to move home anytime. It's like, it's okay. You you mentioned the, the art museum here in Mississippi, which we're incredibly blessed to have. But when they built the new building, and I think the greatest part of that was what you just said, they brought the Mississippi art out of the vault and hung it up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been, it really has been eye opening for me as well, just mm-hmm. being surrounded by local artists and really seeing that they're celebrating um, the culture and the positive things that are coming out of Mississippi. I think it's really important for the local um, community to see, but also the outsiders uh, that come from the surrounding states and beyond. It's been really impactful to see them just find brighter sides to Mississippi, especially through the creative outlet. Definitely. And I've always kind of joked that um, that our art is kind of like you get a piece of grit. Some of the problems we have sometimes is a piece of grit and mm-hmm. then the pearl forms around it. And the pearls are artwork. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sywell Middle School, how did you end up there? They just said, hey, we got an opening? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. They contacted me just because having been a Teach for AmeriCorps member, they had gotten my information. They asked if I wanted to be a part of the team. Prior to that, they didn't have an art teacher for three years. So wow. I was really excited yeah. um, to go in there. And again, my my skill set is not, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is not focused on technique per se. It's more of how do you express yourself right. in a creative way. So it's been a really great um eye-opener for my scholars because when they realize they're not maybe the best um, renderers or they're not great at shading, then we try to figure out what their strengths are. So maybe it's building. Maybe it's using technology, which all of the students are using anyway in their daily lives. So really just trying to encourage them to think outside of the box, um, but not outside of the box, but beyond the box. Um, So really just try to develop their skills um, and figure out what their skills are. I know the Mississippi Arts Commission has the whole school's art program. And there are studies that prove that if you, you know, you can teach art all the way through the different disciplines, 
and it makes a big difference, whether it's reading, writing, you know, math or whatever, if you can learn to have that right brain creative part of your brain working. Because it, it's like we've gotten to this point now where we just teach the test. Exactly. And I think what I try to do is sort of uh, sneak in the academics when right. I teach art so they yeah. don't realize, you know, we might be mixing colors, but they're actually measuring the amount of color that they have to mix to create a secondary color from two primary colors. And then, you know, pretending that they're scientists and doing these experiments on how to mix things, they don't even realize that they're actually using the academics within my class, which I think has been a great way for them to celebrate and find joy that they are able to learn in different forms. Somebody has noticed that you're doing something right. You were named Teacher of the Year, weren't you? I was. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be writing that out until the uh, new year. I hope you get a good parking space out of it. I do. I do. Thanks. I just learned to drive, so luckily I got that just in time. You just learned to drive. I what? guess you didn't have to over in China, did you? Well, in China, then in New, in York, New York City. Yeah, yeah. No, so I've been practicing backing out of my garage, like my parking spot recently, and that's been a challenge. We'll give you a 15-minute head start before we head out of the studio. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it took me 20 minutes to get out of my parking spot today. Oh, you did great, though. Um, we're talking a little bit... Uh, it, if there's any teachers like to get involved with Teach for America, what I mean, what was the website? You recommend it then, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do, absolutely. And for me, um, I've finished my commitment with Teach for America. It was a two-year program, but I've decided to stay on a third year. Wow. Yeah, I feel like my mission still um, has a lot of work to be done, and I feel like one of the best things about Mississippi is there's so much opportunity to make an impact yeah. and for change. So I'm excited to stay another year. Well, obviously, I mean, I don't think it would probably be good to name kids' names per se, but can you tell us any stories where you just, somebody at the beginning of the year, you just didn't know you were going to make a breakthrough and you made a breakthrough and you're just amazed? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, being an educator, middle school teacher, you're dealing with a lot of, we were talking about that earlier, you yeah. know, you're dealing with a lot of different emotions and one minute, you know, you'll have a student, you know, talking back to you and the next they'll be crying on your shoulders. Wow. So um, I've just I've seen a lot of success stories, especially when a child like we were discussing earlier says they can't do something. Yeah. Um, and I think just making it more personalized and maybe sharing stories with them about things that I didn't think I could do. Right. And how I achieved, you know, my challenges. So I feel like there's been just so much um, that my students, you know, I took them to Fondren First Thursdays uh, at the beginning of this school year to sell um, artworks that they had used from recycled books that were being um, discarded from the library. We had collected over a thousand books and they created these beautiful sculptural pieces. And I took 17 of those students to Fondren with another colleague of mine and we sold our works. And what was amazing was for my administrators to see these students really open up and get outside of the classroom. And they hadn't been on a class trip since third grade. Um, and we raised over $800 for the department in two hours. And it was just, it was really beautiful to see my students celebrate who they are um, right. in a different light and get outside of their community and really show Jackson, you know, what what the South has to offer. Yeah. Definitely. Fantastic. Of course, we're just talking with Cassandra Connery. And coming up next, we're going to talk with Richard McKee. He's an incredible artist in his own right, too, and an artist and owner of Fonder Art Gallery, too. So, And if you'd like to give us a call, what are some of the most beautiful sights that you've seen in Mississippi? You can give us a call at 877-672-7464. I like the ruins of Windsor. That's one of my favorites. One of my favorites to draw, too. Just incredibly gorgeous. And our state capital is one of my favorites, too. Good stuff. You can give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Our question today is this. What are some of the most beautiful sights that you've seen around Mississippi? I know the Delta to Sunset, that's pretty nice. The Gulf Coast, incredibly gorgeous. Before and after Katrina. I like the Overlook. I love the Natchez Trace Overlook. Yeah, I do too. I run past it every Saturday, and there's this one oak tree that's there. And I take a picture of it almost every week, and it looks different every single time because the sky looks different. Yeah, you posted a lot of pictures of the Natchez Trace, and I, I saw that this weekend. But the Overlook is so peaceful out there. It's my favorite place to go and just read a book or sit down and just enjoy the view. I love it. So now I know you're out there, so I can harass you. <laughs> so, but if you you actually go, don't you? I actually do. Okay, just checking on that. I want to thank Cassandra. She's still here, so she can pipe in too as well. But I'm very excited to have an incredibly talented artist, a very prolific artist, too, which I think is an important part of art. That's just on my personal opinion. But Richard McKee's here, and he's, of course, you've probably seen his art around Mississippi, particularly around here in Jackson. But he's also the artist, and he's the owner of the Fondren Art Gallery, too. So you're helping other artists at the same time. Trying to. Man, I tell you what, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. I'm a fan. Well, thanks. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you kind of the same question I did, Cassandra. When did you become interested in art? Um, I think as a child, I wanted to make things and create things. So uh, that's when I, I think, became, you know, uh, interested in in art. And uh, when I was 20, I went to work for a cabinet maker, which uh, I think is uh, That's art, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was 40, I decided to... uh, become a a painter yeah uh, and an artist that's uh, a big big jump right there a lot of people don't understand that but when you're actually going out there and living off of what you're doing every day yeah 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 so at 40 and so you start painting i started painting and were you trained i mean obviously i spent about four years uh went back to school and Mm -hmm. um studied with uh different artists and uh took different courses and and um after about four years, I'd had enough. I was ready to 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 get after you know making get, some artwork. Ready to jump out of the nest and see if you could fly. That's right. Talk about some of the artists that you trained with. Oh, uh, Bob Pennybaker. Oh yeah, Bob's yeah. Yeah, taught me drawing many many years. Um, I took a course, um, uh, photography course uh, out of New York, mm-hmm. uh, and um, uh, went to Bellhaven College and studied art. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's. And it's really tough when you, you're actually doing art and then you go take a class that first time getting that criticism on your work. It's like, oh, this is this is going to be weird. But yeah. it's, it's amazing how a, t- a good teacher can teach you how to – people always say I, t- I took a painting class after college, which I really loved, and it taught me how to see. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the most important thing. People don't understand art. They think, well, it just teach you how to do, draw or do lines or anything. I think a good art class will teach you how to see in that. Yeah. And, and and I think it takes uh, many many years to right. to develop that. It, it did for me. Yeah. You know? uh, so. Yeah, you would you see a little differently than I do. You see things better than I do. <laughs> You're really quite good at that. You opened your first studio. When when was it that you opened that? About 15 years ago, I built um, uh, my studio in Fondren. Okay. Yeah. Why Fondren? You know, uh, it was because I. I I found a vacant lot mainly that works in, yeah. in, in a commercial area. Yeah, um, and I felt like that you know that Fondren had potential mm-hmm. at that time. It was just kind of beginning to to develop as as an art district, and um, 
I think I made the right decision. You did. You definitely caught the wave real early <laughs> right. on that. You were on the yeah. head of ton. But, I mean, what was that experience having that studio and just you could kind of go into your own little world, couldn't it, you? It was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful, yeah. Um, who designed the, the mammoth-sized Obama head outside your studio? Well, it, it's, it's definitely a, a lot of people talk I, about it. I, want, I wanted to do something uh, that would attract some attention. So uh, about a month before the first election, I completed the the big Obama head. Right. And um, kind of keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, that it would turn out that the way it did. So, uh, but it has been a, a great um, conversation starter. Yes, for sure. I have people even today that stop by and take pictures and, you know, uh, comment on it. So, um does President Obama, former President Obama know about this head? Does he have you ever shown him you a know, picture? He need to send him a picture. I, I don't know if he does or not. Yeah, him I come come down, he can sign it yeah. for you. That that would be pretty cool, <laughs> to say the least. So yeah. um you were voted best art art gallery in Jackson in twenty seventeen. What does it take to be voted best art gallery? Well, um I think that uh I, I really try to support the local artists. Right. Uh, when an artist comes in the gallery um, and is interested in showing the artwork, I, I try to show his artwork. So I think that has 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 helped a lot. I was going to ask you on that. Of course, you're you're in kind of the business of creating art, but also of helping other artists. Right. Talk a little bit about the art artist community in the state because it's like some people think, well, everybody's out there competing against each other, but I've never found it to be that that way. Well. I don't know that much about the whole the whole state. Most of my artists are are, are living in Jackson. Yeah. So, um, and um, yeah, we seem to all get along very well and support each other. Um, we uh, at at one time I had uh, a number of artists that would come to the studio at night, and uh, we all played uh, musical instruments, and we would uh, we would play uh, music together uh, for many hours at night. So that was a great, great time to get together and and be, you know, get to know other artists. And to build that community. Isn't it amazing, though? So, uh, you know, people are always surprised that an artist can, like, play music and do all the other. I was like, well, creativity is creativity. Right. right. It comes from the yeah. same pot. Um, I know you have about 50 pieces of commissioned art all in commercial buildings on Highland Colony Parkway. And you can be seen all over Jackson. You, people can... Your figures greet pedestrians in downtown Fondren and in Basil. Where else can people see your work? Well, I, uh, I have a web store, a mm-hmm. uh, website. Um, that's uh, an, an easy way to to go and see it at FondrenArtGallery.com. Or, yeah. And um, my studio is, is full of full of art, you know. Maybe, that I, exactly. Yeah. So You... you um, how do you kind of talk about inspiration on this? Because, and I don't know if, um, and I can tell you my process a lot of times. If, I, if I'm if i doing a painting, I, it's a journey. If I'm doing a cartoon, I see it all in my head at the same time. I just put what's in my head down the other. How do you come up with your ideas on what you're going to paint? Well, I think it's uh, experiences that I, that I have. I, I just got back from a trip to Montana. Gorgeous place. I was there a week. Um, so I'm... I'm already anxious about wanting to paint uh, a bear, uh, a big grizzly bear, a moose. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's things like that that get me excited about uh, about painting because I change 
I change my uh, subjects all the time, you know, uh, constantly. What's your favorite medium to work in? I would say oil. Oil? Yeah. In in the but, South, you use oil and they ne- – see, one thing I've always discovered about oil paint, it never dries. I have, a, te- I have a technique that, that makes really? it dry quicker, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll share that with you sometime. Thanks. We'll do that off there because we want to give away right, all your secrets right, on yeah. that. Yeah, it's like – But I, in, in a day, I, I'll, I'll paint – I'll do a little watercolor, a little acrylic, a little oil, so I'm I'm bouncing around all the time. Uh, with the mediums. Just keeping the saw, saw sharp. That's right. Yeah, say that five times fast. Obviously, I can't. So if you had to do over again, would you make the same decisions, or you would you have started painting you know, earlier? I, I, I would do things different, for yeah. sure, because I've learned a lot of lessons over you know over the 20 years. Uh, um, I think I could do do a better job yeah. you know, if, I, if I could do it over. You know, like Cassandra, you teach as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but but you don't teach middle schoolers. No. Okay. No. no. Yeah. I teach no. I teach adults, um, and then I have an assistant, Holly, who teaches the children. And Holly's here in the in the studio. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Holly. How are you? No microphone near her, but she's waving at the at the crowd. So she teaches children. So she you you give her the tough work, right? That's right. <laughs> now children are awesome. And, and do you find that teaching um, helps inspire you as well? It does. It does. Because yeah. uh, uh, I, I, I ask that the um, the people that I teach that they bring ideas in, uh, f- the things that they want to paint. Right. So uh, that when they bring those ideas in, it, it it stimulates me and you know gives me ideas as well. So it's good. I know it's always funny. People say, "Where do you get your ideas from?" I was like, "Well, you know, just basically open up the newspaper. Ex- you, yeah. you, you know." Or look on the screen now on my phone. I guess that's the more up-to-date, modern way of yeah. doing it. So um, what's your website? FondrenArtGallery.com. FondrenArtGallery.com. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Are you? What are you working on right now? Um, I'm doing a commission for the Meridian uh, Apartments that oh, were yeah. just built mm-hmm. on Lakeland. Yeah. That's one. That's a big job right now that I'm working on. How big a piece is it going to be? Well, there's uh, eight pieces. Okay. That I'm doing for that uh, building. Do you like work really large? These or? are large. Yeah. Yeah. These are uh, uh, five foot by yeah. three foot. Big so pieces. you've got something that um, you have patience because doing big like that. See, I, I I'd much rather do a bigger piece than a small piece. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's uh, I, I can have room to 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 move around and right use my tools exactly i i've always said that i was the kid who made the model airplane and didn't let the glue dry because <laughs> i've got to get it done and fast and over with i guess that's why i do what i do for a living a little bit um gosh well, well i tell you what we got we got a call and we will um we'll come back with cassandra and with you and we'll talk a little bit about creativity too because i think having y'all in the studio i think this is something that frankly we just can't pass up and michelle let's just go to the calls we'll start with um mary who's got a call about the most beautiful site hello mary hi how are you today i'm doing fine i you're gonna say i'm the most beautiful site in mississippi aren't you absolutely i uh, I, I, I learned about you when i was living in arizona really yeah, and I my, was. Uh, my bad reputation's traveled that far. Well, I was uh, delivering the newspaper, and uh, I would sometimes have time when I wasn't doing anything, so I could uh, read the uh, newspaper, and I ran into you on the op page. Oh, that's very cool. That, that's really neat. What do you think's the most beautiful site in Mississippi? Well, this year it's the green. <clears throat> I spent 28 years in Arizona, and so the green looks especially good today. It does. It's amazing. You come from out west and you come back to Mississippi, and it's like you've landed in Ireland. Yeah, really gorgeous. I, I have a, 
uh, idea that uh, some teacher might want to do. Maybe all of, I hear a lot about uh, the uh, state, and I really like that idea. But I think that we maybe ought to uh, teach our kids that there are other states, and then maybe if, if they had a uh, letter writing, just choose a, a school or some place in uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, just have the kids each write a letter about what they like about their state. Oh, that's very cool. That's a great idea. Mary, thank you, and thank you for the call. It's always good to hear from you. All right, we got Mikey Mobile. He's got a question about painting. So, hello, Mikey. How are you today? Great. Fantastic. What's your question? I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys because I just bought my very first tube of acrylic paint my very first time now i have i have friends who are very accomplished acrylic artists and they've been generous enough to share them with me i'm just you know so i'm just now learning how to understand the benefits of it um uh, uh making your own tools um the washability and then the permanency of it so i've started with <laughs> believe it or not um uh embellishing my tools, my garden tools, my shovels, rakes, hose, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I, I'm just having a blast with it, particularly in combination with um, very inexpensive sorts of um, uh, spray paint things. Um, Mikey, I just had a, a vision there for a second, you painting with a shovel, and I was just thinking that Bob Ross even would be impressed by that. Well, painting the shovel. Oh, painting the shovel. See, I, that's just where my mind goes. But I apologize. Know, hey, I may try doing it with, <laughs> you know, some of these things, too, also. Um, because I, I found that if you stack them and you do different things with them, you get different dimensionality, which is fascinating to me. But, so, um, anyway, uh, thank you so much for even mentioning this. Um, are there better or worse places to buy more acrylic paint? And how do they mix with oils or water-based, like house paint? I will let the experts uh, answer that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would I would not mix uh, acrylic with oil. That's that that's not going to work very well. Um, and um, house paints, I have used house paints uh, to 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 do my painting. So uh, I'm good with with that. Yeah. Um, I know. That's. I think I like acrylics just because its cleanup is a little bit easier than than the right. oil on that. Right. But uh, also, once again, I'm lazy, so it's like, hey, it dries in five seconds. This is great. We're going to take a quick break. We'll continue with this conversation. Question today is this: What's one of the most beautiful sights you've seen around Mississippi? Well, you can give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four A. You can email me at marshall at mpbonline dot org. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a great day, and thank you for listening. Of course, that means a lot to me as well. Ah, Creativity Monday, I guess you could say, is that because we have an incredibly um, creative lineup of guests in the studio. I'm very happy to have Cassandra Conley, a GPS middle school te- art teacher and artist, and Richard McKee, the, fa- the owner of Fondren Art Gallery and also a prolific artist as well. Um, I guess kind of this can be open session, so uh, we'll just throw out questions and we can just discuss uh, creativity. Because I think people that are probably sitting in the audience right now are thinking, yeah, I can draw a little bit, but what can I do with it? And, and I always tell people, when parents come up to me and say, what can I do? How can I teach my kid? I was like, well, number one thing is have encouragement. Because, you know, my parents, you know, my dad was a salesman, but, he, you know, he never, I mean, when you're an eight-year-old kid and walk up and go, I'm going to be a cartoonist, you know, you might as well say, well, I'm going to go, you know, run off and join the circus, you know, because I think that was his initial reaction. But he said, you know what, you're going to do it. And then when I was like 40, um, he heard me speak and he said, guess what? You did it. I was like, yeah. So because of you, dad, thanks. I appreciate that. Is there any other tips you have for parents? If they're sitting and they, they see this, this, this love and desire of their kids that, that love art. Uh, I think it's really important to encourage uh, your children to find creativity as an outlet. Um, for me, I believe that we are all creative thinkers. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, if you're challenged with something in society or in your daily routine, it's really important to find positive um, ways to solve problems. And I feel like that is a creative solution to a negative situation or a challenge. So I believe if your children or if people around you are interested in learning more about the arts, it's definitely something that should be encouraged because it will help them become well-rounded individuals in society. Yeah, that's uh, we need all the well-rounded individuals in society we can get these days. Absolutely, and I feel like just knowing, and this is what I always tell my scholars: like you know, even if they're not interested in painting and they prefer sculpture, it's important to know a little bit about everything, so right. that when you go to those dinner parties, you'll be able to have conversations with everybody in the room, um, and then again, you will shine bright, you know, in your knowledge of a little bit about everything. Yeah. Richard, when you, when you say that's true and you're sitting there looking at one type of artwork that you can, I mean, I can walk through the museum and learn from an oil painting or from a sculpture and so forth. It makes me better at what I do with my craft. Wouldn't you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, about the the students that I have that uh, create some nice uh, pieces of art and I always encourage them to, to, to try to sell those pieces. Yeah. Uh, because when you begin to sell your artwork, uh, it, it energizes, you know, your your creativity. I think and 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 affirms, you know, what what you know what you're trying to do. So, how did it feel the first time you sold a piece? You're like, hmm. Uh, it was to a neighbor, and they put it up in in their living room. And when I walked in the living room and saw it, I was like. Golly, who did that? You know, it was it, w- it was just a great feeling. I, I tell you, I think one of the most um, humbling moments as an artist is when your work is either in a silent auction or a live auction. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you walk by and you see a dollar down by your name, and you're like going, okay, I'm going to go home and quit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, and I think also with you know selling your artwork, it's important because you're also learning about marketing and business and right. strategizing right. and also how to sell yourself um, as an artist. But you can also do that as a person. Um, and again, it builds um, your confidence in different ways. So selling your artwork, it also, again, like we were talking about, how do you incorporate academics into the classroom if you're not an academic educator? So I feel like doing those types of um, activities definitely encourages our scholars to strengthen um, different parts of their brain with a creative mindset. I think you touched, touched on something really important. Um, you, every artist is a brand. I mean, you got to create a brand, and now you have social media. You have all these different ways that you can get out there and promote your work. But obviously, nobody's going to buy your work if they don't know who you are right. and see your work. Well, absolutely. And then also bringing in you know current events, whether it's music, whether it's yeah. fashion, whether it's cars. You know, all of these brands our young people are buying into, and we are all buying into it because it's also a creative way to express yourself. Right. Yeah, and I. Um, when you at one point in my career, I was just making a lot of art and just piling it up, and and I think that what happens when when you do that is you become stagnant. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way to get that art, you know, out of your studio and 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 into the lives of other people. Yeah, I definitely don't want to have 900 paintings sitting in my studio when I pass away, and my children have to decide, well, where do we burn this? Right, right. <laughs> definitely don't want to do that. So. Um. That's a very good thing. Any other uh, tips or inspiration for anybody who's sitting around thinking, well, you know what? I want to become an artist. Uh, I say follow what your heart is saying. And just if you do want, it, right? Yeah, just do it. I mean, you're probably going to have to start somewhere. So try not to expect to be a Picasso or an IOA or something like this, but also, you know, enjoy making because i think that's right. what's really important about it because it does allow you to express who you are yeah and find and find someone that can give you an hour lesson yeah uh, or and you know somebody that can help with that I right do. i do yeah as a matter of fact <laughs> it's i've always said it's it's you know not the finished painting isn't what brings me joy it's actually sitting down and doing the artwork and that's right. the journey and somebody says well i'll never be a picasso well picasso wasn't a picasso when he first started yes so just get out there and start and don't be afraid because i think sometimes as grown-ups we just get afraid to start new things absolutely on that y'all been great today thank you thank, thank you. you so much and good luck with school Thanks so much. Yeah, definitely. Oh, challenge of the day is this. I tell you what, if you get on social media, you notice that everybody's like really grumpy these days. Randomly every day, just find somebody on social media and just write them a compliment on their Facebook page or send them a tweet. Just do it randomly. Just surprise them and do that every day this week. That's your weekly challenge. And you know what? We're gonna Just in a little way, you'll make the word better. All right, I want to thank my guests. Of course, they're fantastic. Cassandra Connolly and Richard McKee. You're, now you're talking this production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio is funded by generous contributions of listeners like you. Michelle, thank you for producing. As always, you're fantastic. You can download the, you know, the app and listen it that way, or you can listen to online at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.